Welcome back to Building the Bach, and I'm your host, Jason Spies. In our next segment, we focus on importing and exporting natural resources coming out of the Bakken. For this feature, we will talk with One Oak CEO and Chairman of the Board, John Gibson, U.S. Senator John Hoven, North Dakota State Representative Vicki Steiner, Chief Economist Bill Dunkelberg, CEO of Blackridge Oil & Gas Ken D. Cubellis, and President of the North Dakota Petroleum Council Ron Ness. This is U.S. Senator John Hoven. Senator John Hoven is our guest here on Building the Bakken. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about importing, exporting gas. Um, I, I'm doing a feature story on it for a, a print publication here in the state. And I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, surprised at the, the path this uh, importing, exporting of natural gas has taken. It's, it's really all over the board, and I'm finding out it's controversial in some sectors. In other sectors, they, they are just excited to talk about it. Uh, what, what, where are we at uh, federally? Jason, I, I think you, you almost explained it as well as anybody could in your question. I mean, it's a really complex issue. Depending on which industry sector you ask, they have a different position. So here's how I'm approaching it, whether it's natural gas or now people are talking about crude oil as well. We need to produce more energy in America with Canada than we consume. We need to produce more energy than we consume. Then we need to work with the public to make sure that they're comfortable, that the supply and the price works in our country, and then that will... uh, then we'll be able to make a determination on how we handle the export issue with public support. But look, you're affecting people's pocketbook every day when they fill up their car or when they heat their home. So we've got to make sure we do this in a transparent way where people understand how we're you know, making whatever changes we make and that we have public support to do it. Senator, thank you much for your time today. Good to talk with you, Jason. Appreciate it. This is President and CEO of Blackridge Oil & Gas. Ken DQ Bellis. I used to work for ExxonMobil, and um, in the early 2000s into 2006, Exxon was worried, as was the rest of the country, that we were running out of natural gas here. They embarked on a multi-year program investing about $30 billion in the Middle East in a country called Qatar to get access to the natural gas in Qatar, um, liquefy it, ship it over to the U.S., regasify it out offshore and get it into the grid. $30 billion, okay? Now what Exxon is trying to do is take all the natural gas that we're producing here in this country and export it. So they're going in the opposite direction. Two drivers behind why the energy situation has flipped completely on its head in a short period of time. It's the advent of horizontal drilling and hydraulic fracturing. And it's a combination of those two, which is very technology focused, that has unlocked this uh, potential. There's a guy named Mitchell who tried this back in the 80s um, in the Barnett Shale down, which is below Fort Worth. And he was trying and trying for a decade or so. He finally partnered with the DOE. The DOE had some uh, shale data that they were uh, analyzing in Pennsylvania. They combined that data and the technology took off from there. Should people be thinking more about natural gas? Without question. And the reason is because it's not dry gas. It's wet. And and so you hear people talk about NGLs, natural gas liquids. That's things like uh, ethane, propane, butane. And you mentioned Dow Chemical. Dow wants ethane because they can turn that into ethylene, which is a precursor for polyethylene and other types of plastics and rubbers. 
And so um, the petrochemical industry itself is forecast uh, to uh, add about $30 billion of capacity expansion here in the U.S. to get access to that natural gas and convert it into plastics. So it's a big deal here. And you know, today, unfortunately, we just don't have enough of the infrastructure in place to capture the gas in the Bakken and treat it and, and, and fractionate out the NGLs. But once that, that happens, you won't see as much flaring anymore. And that wet gas trades at a significant premium to the dry gas. And so economically, it, it benefits everybody as well. Next, we talk with the CEO of One Oak, John Gibson. Well, first on the investment in the petrochemicals, that's what's driving our interest in the natural gas liquids business. And uh, our natural gas liquids business uh, allows us to gather these raw NGLs all the way up in the Williston and, and re-deliver those finished products to the pet chems. So we're one of the largest suppliers of feedstock to the pet chems. So seeing them invest those large amounts of money is a good signal for us. The natural gas, uh, this whole natural gas shell play has changed the country's view of natural gas as a sustainable, uh, reliable energy source and really changed the entire dynamic of uh, the United States. In particular, when you figure a lot of this, if not all of this, in the Williston is being driven by crude oil, which is also going to change the uh, entire industry structure as it relates to crude oil. Without getting political, and this is not the question to be political, I just wanted to get your comments a little bit on the um, the importing and exporting part of the natural gas. Some of the reading I was doing, it it becomes a heavily debated topic, but it is a global economy. So uh, just just a, an overall comment on the importing and exporting when it comes to natural gas. Well, like other products that, for example, propane, we export propane as a country. And there's because there's a market, there's a need. So the same should be true for natural gas as well as any other energy product or, for that matter, any product that the U.S. producer can compete in. This is Chief Economist Dr. Bill Dunkelberg. I think so. I think, you know, again, we just have to have a free market where it's traded. Right now, uh, lots of people would love to have our cheap natural gas, uh, but we can't get it to them. So just internally in, the, in the, the economy, we have to build the delivery system, the pipelines and so on to get that done. We also have to change our technologies for cars and vehicles in the sense to, you know, and then get gas stations yeah. where you can get natural gas, not gas gas, right? All of that is, and of course, that's wonderful for jobs and growth and so on. In the meantime, uh, companies that really use petrochemicals want this and can't get it, so they're going to come to us. So if you look at the, you know, the building that's going to go on over the next 10 years of new companies here that make stuff that uses petrochemical, particularly natural mm -hmm. gas fertilizers, all these kinds of things, that's going to bring a lot of new companies here to the U.S. And again, that's going to contribute to job growth and growth in our GDP. And that's really good news, especially for North Dakota. But North Dakota is going to you know, see some of those plants, but they're really going to get it out and then send it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so we need a lot of work and jobs will be in putting those pipelines in place. And, North Dakota State Representative Vicki Steiner recently spent some time in Alaska and Louisiana, and she saw firsthand the investment going into importing and exporting Bakken natural resources. 
Two speakers, the Louisiana Economic Development Director, she was there from the state to tell them about all the state programs that um, can help growing businesses. What they're really interested in is building more chemical plants with the gas that's coming, more plastics. And so, and they have tremendous amounts of chemical plants down there. I mean, it's almost like a, a chemical row. And then also they're interested in seeing their universities ratchet up the education because a lot of the gas shale play jobs down there are beyond high school. They're more of a two-year college type, and they're, they want their colleges and universities to not, you know, we need welders. We need more chemical engineers. We need people who are beyond high school now because the jobs are more complicated. So that was the message they were trying to give the group um, about that. And then they had an industry, uh, a gentleman from the, in oil, the gas industry actually out of Washington, D.C., and he talked about uh, the value of the country not being so beholding to the rest of the world. And if you have low-cost energy, the opportunity for our young people to have a high quality of life. And then uh, we also had Denise Brody, she led off the panel with, she is with Cornerstone Government Affairs, and uh, she just talked about what's happening across all the oil and gas shale plays across the country. She was the very first speaker to kind of set the stage that it's happening in other areas and we can learn from them. And every, there were two speakers that said, you know, I messed up the first boom, don't let me mess up the second boom. I think Louisiana has been through some very good times before. Next, Ron Ness, president of the North Dakota Petroleum Council. Well, it is. I, I have been down to Chicago and toured the, uh, the Oxable plant, which is uh, directly co-located with a polypropylene plant in which they take ethane and they make plastics. So this, this Bakken gas is going to be turning into plastics that we may see someday. But um, those markets, whether it's for crude oil going to the coastal markets, once you, once you reach coastal markets, then you get world price. And uh, those markets, it's pretty amazing when you think about North Dakota gas being, being now used in the Philadelphia refineries, going to be used in the California refineries soon, uh, Gulf Coast, Louisiana, uh, even Kenai, Alaska uh, is potentially going to be using uh, Bakken crude oil to make gasoline and diesel fuel up in Alaska. Tony Clark, uh, former Public Service Commissioner, Chairman of the Public Service Commission. Now he's a commissioner with uh, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commissioner Commission. Calls uh, natural gas a game changer for the Bakken. Uh, a year ago on my program, he called it a wild card. He updated it during the last uh, Empower uh, Great Plains uh, Empower Conference here in Bismarck. Uh, just your comments on Tony's uh, statement that it's a game changer here in the Bakken. Well, I think, Tony, I think it's a game changer for North Dakota's future because I, I do believe that rich Bach and gas has the ability to uh, be utilized across North Dakota. When you look at these two fertilizer plants proposed in Jamestown and Grand Forks, uh, it's my understanding that they would cover the, the agricultural needs for about a 100-mile radius. So when you start thinking about how many of those we could have in the upper Midwest or if you begin looking at a chemical industry, you don't need to have that plant in Tioga, North Dakota. It can be in Langdon, North Dakota. It can be in Wimbledon, North Dakota. It can be in Fairmont, North Dakota. Those are great opportunities for North Dakota as, as, we, as we look at adding value to this gas. To listen to the entire feature on importing, exporting Bakken natural resources, visit our website, buildingthebakken.com.